And now we come to our gospel reading for this morning in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23. Jesus has previously spoken about the greatest commandment. And now we hear these verses. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they teach, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues, and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds. Still every voice in us but your own, that we might hear your word for us today. Amen. In an editorial in the Christian Century on October 21st, Peter Marty tells the story of Lucy Carlson, a five-year-old in his congregation. Lucy's family speaks openly about current events and one topic of table conversation had been the death of George Floyd. Lucy was very aware of the national anger that his death had provoked. One day while coloring on her front porch, she looked up at her mother and said this, and I quote, I think it's important to know our neighbors. I'm going to meet them all. If they need help, I want them to know where I live so they can come to me for help. I'm going to have them sign my paper so I know their name, but not in cursive, unquote. But Lucy did just that. She began walking the neighborhood with her mother house to house with a large piece of paper and a bag of Crayola markers she would introduce herself and her mother and ask those who answered the door to write their names on her paper. She would tell her new friends, you can come to my house if you need help and I'll help you. In her five-year-old mind, Lucy had a simple solution to the alienation and anger she had become aware of. Let's get to know our neighbors so that there will be less misunderstanding, 
If we know them and they know us, we would all want to help and not hurt each other. I believe Lucy understood better than most of us what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. With this context, let us turn to this morning's scriptures. A reading from the book of Joshua that Jane read looks back on history to find meaning in the present. It describes the entry of the Israelites into Canaan where there will be a great slaughter of the seven tribes in the land of Canaan. Not very neighborly. Yet the passage we read makes an important point. The Israelites had come out of their wilderness experience, 40 years of wandering, as you will recall, and were about to cross the Jordan to enter the Promised Land. They were certainly afraid, but they were led by the priests who carried the Ark of the Lord. They were willing to cross into scary new territory because they believed that God traveled ahead of them, and their religious leaders led the way. Now jump ahead 700 years when the book of Joshua is actually being written long after King David and King Solomon, and Israel is coming out of exile in Babylon and trying to find meaning in its present. How are they to understand income inequality, cultural and political conflict, and their identity as the people of God? Sound familiar? They are entering a new time of promise, and they are wondering, again, what waters need to be crossed to get there. And I'm using waters figuratively, of course. We are in a time like this. We have to make some bold decisions about who we are and where God is leading us. We have to understand more clearly than ever before what God's promise is and how we should respond as a community of faith. We have evolved beyond a belief that the promised land should be entered with a conquering spirit and violence. The people of Israel came to this understanding of necessity after their release from captivity. We have this understanding because we have the benefit of knowing Christ. It is significant that the passage from Joshua is paired in the lectionary with the Gospel of Matthew reading that you heard me read. The people of Israel found their way out of the wilderness into the Promised Land and then found their way out of Babylonian exile into a new promise where they would live in occupied territory and no longer have political power until 1948. In the setting of the Roman occupation, Jesus addresses the crowd and his disciples and gives them important insight into faithful living. 
after telling them and us in Matthew 22, verse 39, love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus in Matthew 23 denounces the scribes and the Pharisees. Why them? Why not denounce King Herod or the Roman emperor? Remember, the scribes and the Pharisees are not bad people. They are the religious leaders. Jesus is a Jewish insider like them, and he wants them to act like the leaders they're supposed to be. He wants them to act like the priests in Joshua 3, who led the way into the promised land. Underlying Jesus' criticism of the scribes and Pharisees is his observation that they know Torah law, and they teach it, but they don't practice what they teach. They're hypocrites. Jesus wants them to convey to the people the freedom they have to love God, the God who liberates them, and to love the neighbor whom God wants to liberate through them. To love the neighbor that God wants to liberate through them. Jesus means freedom, the freedom to humble oneself and to love others. That is the right practice. Jesus doesn't want his disciples or us to imitate the prideful leadership style he observed in many religious leaders of that day. Their piety and pride kept them from helping people find their way. Jesus gives three examples in our Matthew reading about things the religious leaders do or fail to do. First, they're more concerned about creating burdensome beliefs and rules than they are to emphasize the love of God and neighbor. In our time, this might take the form of emphasizing specific beliefs about acceptable relationships over the affirmation of loving relationships. Second, Jesus observes that the scribes and the Pharisees are more concerned about appearances than they are about what God demands of them. He specifically references broad phylacteries. If you're not aware, phylacteries were small boxes that could be worn on the arm or on the forehead they were tied there with leather thongs. I actually observed this one time on a flight to Israel when a gentleman stood up to put on his phylactery and carefully wrapped the leather thongs around his forearm. Now there's nothing wrong about wearing the phylacteries called tefillin in the Hebrew. They can be a sign of reverence but if appearance is the extent of one's practice, that is a problem. In our circumstances, it could be a beautiful cross around one's neck or a bumper sticker declaring one's faith. The question is, do these things welcome others or simply set one apart? 
Third, Jesus notes how these leaders want the place of honor and be esteemed in public places. I'm sure you can think of modern parallels. Jesus opposes any hierarchy. He wants his disciples to humble themselves. It is humble service that God desires. After giving these examples of real or potential hypocrisy, Jesus summarizes his point by saying this, the greatest among you will be your servant, all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Well, that got me curious about these words, humbled and exalted. I discovered that to humble oneself has its origin in a Greek word used to describe making low the mountains and the hills. You'll recall those words in Isaiah and from the mouth of John the Baptist. Jesus seeks a humility of the mind that sees every person as equally valued by God. There are no longer superior or inferior persons, no winners and losers. How hard it is for us to believe that. All our neighbors in God's realm, we find our way in this evolving present fraught by conflict and polarization by loving our neighbors as ourselves. And that brings me back to Lucy. You remember Lucy, the five-year-old girl who wanted to know all her neighbors. It takes humility to even want to get to know others who are not part of your familiar network. If pride and position blinds persons to the unique others around them, if they are so sure of their own dominance in the social hierarchy, then the servant leadership that Jesus was demanding is completely foreign to them. You're all aware of the anti-racist initiatives within our church and society. We also believe in the importance of rooting out prejudice and bias based on sexual identity or orientation, cultural identity, or any other factor in a person's self-identity that makes them feel other in the presence of a majority. Jesus' insight is simple. Humble yourself if you want to be exalted. But wait, what does exalted mean? The same word is used in the original Greek text for exalted as the word used to describe Jesus being lifted up in the crucifixion. To be exalted is to be lifted up on behalf of others. We find our way by humbling ourselves and putting others ahead of our own self-interest. This is the cost of discipleship, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer reminded us, and it can be very risky. Just consider your neighbors in line at the polling place. Our anti-racism leadership team, Ralph, Beth, and Lori, will help us get educated about our biases, most of them subconscious, 
And this is essential work. After a year of education, we will move into identifying what we can do as individuals and as a community to eradicate racism in our community. In anticipation of this, I want us to take heart to what we have learned from the scripture today. God is always ahead of God's people, guiding them into a promised future. Leadership, and this falls heavily on religious leaders, mean being in the lead. Whether it's crossing the Jordan out of the wilderness or moving out of Babylonian exile, or living in a time of Roman occupation, or living in the United States of America during the coming years. And above all, humility is required to find our way into whatever promised future God has for us. In humility, we get to know whomever is other in the community because God lays a claim upon every person And we are God's agents of reconciliation in these polarized times. Lucy Carlson understood this. Humility seemed to come naturally to her. Perhaps it does for many young children. She knew intuitively that getting to know others is the best way to keep from harming them. She not only got to know others in her neighborhood, but she also learned some skills from her neighbors, like making jam. We could all learn a lot from the life experience of people whom we have nothing in common with. And there is no end to the neighbors we should get to know if we really believe in inclusion and in God's promised peaceful kingdom. You'll recall that Lucy was motivated to learn about her neighbors and to offer them help whenever needed after she heard about George Floyd. Later she learned about Jacob Blake, <clears throat> about how he was shot seven times in the back. Her response, Mom, I think we need to go meet some more neighbors. My challenge to all of us on this All Saints Sunday is this. Recognize Jesus at our communion tables, whether you are one of the few in the sanctuary here today or one of the many online at home. Jesus is that other person you don't know, but whom Jesus wants you to get to know. There is also a great, great cloud of witnesses at this table whom you may not know, but who support us all through their prayers. In getting to know the others in our community, we get to know Jesus, and we will find our way in humble reliance upon Christ, the God who leads us and who calls us to lead others in the way of love and reconciliation. Amen. <clears throat>